0: One thing I've learned, I always make sure the mic is turned off before you step onto the pulpit. (laughs) Morning. Well, a couple of you are awake. That's that's a start. See if we can fix that by the time we're done. You'll you'll either all be awake or you'll all be asleep. One of the two. Anyway, it's good to be here. It's, uh, It's a joy to be able to share with you folks again. Um yeah, it's hard to believe those four months that we talked about earlier was five years ago, more than five years ago. So when Marvin was on sabbatical, so a lot has changed since then, as I mentioned last, time, last month when I was here, i I grew a hat and boots and, and uh, pastoring in Sherwood Park. go for, I, I still don't quite understand. I mean I understand, but but Cowboy Church in Sherwood Park, just, you know. Maybe in Prittis, south of Calgary, but anyway. It's a joy to be able to share with you folks today. I am excited about the passage that I got emailed to me. I thought, wow, these guys have a lot of stamina if they want me to preach from Luke 17 to 1927. Wow, we're going to be here for a while, Michael, just letting you know. The teacher in me was like, oh, goody, where's my whiteboard? But, you know, there's, there's a couple of, of passages in that whole section that I want to talk about today. And as I mentioned to my church folks, if it's a long passage, you know it's going to be a short sermon. So three or four verses, yeah, I'll go on for hours. But I want to take a look at a couple of the things that Jesus talked about. And... Uh, I'm never good at coming up for titles for sermons. And even as I was sitting here, listening to the music, letting the worship and the praise wash over me. There's a couple key things that I want to, to talk about today that I think Jesus helps clarify. That I think sometimes today we still get confused about. And that's the kingdom and the coming. The kingdom and the coming. We're going to look at two different things Jesus talks about. The kingdom and the coming, or what is and what will be. And I think there are some very, very key lessons for us in the midst of that. So, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 19. We're going to start reading there. We're going to look back a little bit, but uh, if you have your Bibles, Luke 19. If you don't have your Bibles, why not? You are in church this morning. So, sorry, couldn't resist. Luke chapter 19, I'm going to begin reading at verse 11, and if you're using your electronic Bible, the, past, the, the version I'm using is the New American Standard, so if you want to follow word for word, Luke chapter 19, starting at verse 11. While they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem. And they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. So he said, a noble man went to a different, distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then return. And he called ten of his slaves and gave them ten minas and said to them, do business with this until I come back. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these slaves to whom he had given the money be called to him so that he might know what business they had done. The first appeared saying, Master, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good slave. Because you have been faithful in a very little thing, you are to be in authority over ten cities. The second came saying, Your mina, master, has made five minas. And he said to him also, you are to be over five cities. And another came saying, Master, here's your mina, which I kept, put away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you, because you are an exacting man. You take up what you did not lay down. You reap what you did not sow. He said to him, by your own words, I will judge you, you worthless slave. Did you know that I am exacting that I'm an exacting man, taking up what I did not lay down and reaping what I did not sow, then why did you not put my money in the bank? And having come, I would have collected it with interest. Then he said to the bystanders, Take the mina away from him and give it to the one who has the ten minas. They said to him, Master, he already has ten minas. I tell you that everyone who has, more shall be given. But from the one who does not have, even what he has... Even what he does shall be taken away. But these enemies of mine who did not want me me to reign over them, bring them here and slay them in my presence. Let's pause and ask the Lord to be our teacher this morning. Father, as we look into your word and we hear the words of Jesus from so many years ago, I ask that you would speak anew and afresh into our hearts. Lord, may my words quickly be forgotten, but may your words burn into our souls forever. Father, be glorified in this time, I ask, in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. I just want us to take a bit of a walk through this particular parable, and we're going to reference back to some of the other things Jesus talked about in these chapters But I find it interesting in verse 11, while they were listening to these things, Jesus went on to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem. Okay, that's fair. And they supposed that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. Hmm. You know, if we... If you read through this passage, you you maybe remember what Jesus said in chapter 17. Chapter 17, verse 20. Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is! Or there it is! For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. So here, Jesus is approaching Jerusalem. Jesus is coming to to spend time there. And it's like, Oh! The kingdom is going to... Oh, this is going to be so cool. Do you remember, do you realize what the Jews were hoping for? Do you remember? Who were their overlords? Romans. Thank you. Somebody remembers me. By the way, my name is Orban Bellamy, and I'm a teacher at heart. Or I should say, Dobri Dien, Dobri Utra. Bellamy Orban Georgievich, и я преподаватель. Точно, Sorry. We spent 13 years in Ukraine. And yes, I speak Russian. If you want to find out why, come ask me later. (laughs) So when I ask a question, it's okay to answer. It's okay to talk in church today as long as you're talking during one of those pauses. And it's to answer the question. So what was the question again? (laughs) The overlords of the Jews are these wonderful, kind-hearted amazingly courteous democratic leaders called the romans nasty dudes and what was the jews biggest desire to get rid of them i mean any good jew really wanted to get rid of the romans that was their their primary goal and their primary and here it comes jesus doing miracles feeding thousands of people healing all around him casting out demons <gasps> yes, finally, we have somebody that can kick their hineys. I can deal with that. And that's what they were looking for. That was the kingdom of God they were expecting, a kingdom of God physically on earth in their lifetime. That was the kingdom that they were so desirous of. And and where is Jesus headed? Oh, to Jerusalem, where it's all going to kick off and we're going to overthrow these Roman governors, and we're going to be free, and we're going to, yes, finally, but they missed the point completely, because Jesus didn't tell them that the kingdom of God is about to break loose, he said the kingdom of God is now, not will be. The kingdom of God is now. Do you remember what Jesus said in John chapter 4? The time is coming and now is when the true worship of worshipers of God will worship him in spirit and in truth. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom of politics. talking with our church several weeks ago when this whole thing erupted in Ukraine, I reminded them. Earthly borders are temporary. I don't care which earthly borders we're talking about. Earthly governments are temporary. Earthly kingdoms are temporary. We do not exist in the Roman Empire anymore. Or the Assyrian or the Persian or the Babylonian or the Greek. Or the Holy Roman Empire. Politics come and go. But the kingdom of God is now. And is forever. And that's the kingdom. That Jesus wanted these people to be concerned about. That's the kingdom. That matters. Jesus said it's not coming. It is. It is. And it's here, and it's in you. It's within you. It's another way of translating those two words. Instead of in the middle of you, in your midst, it's within you. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom, and that's what they missed. When they were looking for this amazing Messiah, they were looking for a political leader to set them free. But what Jesus came was he came to be a spiritual leader, to give them freedom that lasts forever. Not until they die. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the kingdom in our hearts when we accept the sacrifice made on that cross. When we come to him and we say, I accept your sacrifice and I want to be your child. John 1 says, as many as received him, to them he thought about it and thought, okay, well, ah, darn it, I guess we'll let you in. Is that what it says? Is that what John one twelve says? How many of you know John 1.12? For as many as received him, yes, I still quote King James because I grew up in that era when that was the only, but I still remember when the first NIV was published, yeah. I know I don't look that old, but. <laughs> to as many as received him, to them he gave the power, the right to become the sons of God, even to those who believe in his name. The right, when you believe in the sacrifice that Jesus Christ has made, when you accept that free gift that he offers, he gives us the right to be called his children. And we, as Ephesians says, are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. The kingdom is now. The kingdom is forever. And that's what Jesus wanted these guys to understand. And and he's going to Jerusalem, and they're expecting this amazing political entity. And Jesus says, oh, mm, I wonder how many times i got to say it before you guys catch on. (laughs) Well, let me say it one more time. Let me say it one more way. And he tells this parable. We know this parable. We get that wonderful phrase, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That phrase that we want to hear, but you know what? There's <laughs> it's a lot more buried in that little parable sometimes than I think we want to see. A nobleman went to a dis- distant country to to receive a kingdom for in- himself. Oh, I can't speak today, Whew. and then return. He went away to a higher authority to receive the authority for that kingdom from which he left. He wanted to be the king there. And so this man was going away to plead his case, to present his case before the ultimate authority to receive that kingship. We, we have a weird idea of kings compared to this time and era. When, when cities could be a kingdom... Or five cities could be a kingdom, or a district could be a kingdom within a much greater area, within a much bigger realm. There's the ultimate king, and then you have all of these little kinglets. And this person went away because he wanted authority over his region. So he called 10 of his slaves gave them 10 minas these aren't guys that dig coal out of the ground some of you will catch on to that when you're going home today a mina is worth 100 drachmas wow that was helpful wasn't it 100 drachma or or one drachma is what you got at the end of one day's labor so in our economy we're talking about approximately 5 months wages That's what a mina was. So whatever you earn in a period of five months, that's what was given to each of these ten servants, these ten slaves. He called ten of his slaves and gave them ten minas and said to them, do business with this until I come back. He didn't leave them with vague... Oh, here, hold on to this for me. He said, do business with this. This is my money. I want it back when I come back. And I want you to have done something with it. Do business with it. It was very clear. Very clear. Some of his citizens hated him. Isn't that nice? That sounds like modern politics. And they sent a delegation after him. See, they were going to plead to the higher authority saying, Please, we don't like this guy. Don't make him ruler over us. Wah! We do not want to submit to his authority. We'll come back to that. Verse 15. When he returned, after receiving the kingdom, after receiving the right to be king, he ordered that these slaves to whom he had given the money be called to him that he might know what business they had done. All right, guys, I gave you this money. Now, what'd you do? It's report time. So the first comes up, says, Oh, man, you should have seen what the stock market did while you were gone. Well, I don't know what he did with it. But he said, Here's what you gave me, and here's what it made while you were gone. You gave me one mina, here's 10 more to go with that. Well done. Good job, I'm going to make you my business manager. You're going to be the treasurer of my kingdom. Well, we don't know what exactly he said, except you're in charge of 10 cities. You have been faithful in this little piece that I gave you, this little chunk of money. You were faithful. You used your talents and abilities. You did what you could, and it earned 10 more. Well done. You did exactly what I asked. So now I'm going to give you 10 cities. And another one came. Second one came, verse 18. Your minor master has made five more. Do you notice that he doesn't say, well, gee, he made 10. How come you only made five? Do you notice he doesn't say that? What does he say? Yes, this is one of those pauses. Well done. Good job. Hey, thank you. You took what I gave you. You used it to your abilities and talents, and you brought it back with the results. Good job. Well done. You made five more miners. I'm going to put you in charge of five cities. Well done. (laughs) And then, and and then and uh, yeah, Hmm. And, and then there was the the guy who's afraid. Oh, this guy scares me. (laughs) This guy scares me. You see that? See, oftentimes, I I, I, I was asked once when I was in Ukraine and teaching, my students asked me, did you used to do cartoons? I said, no, I have kids. Actually, there are just several people inside this body all trying to get out, and they all have a different voice. So So often when we read Scripture, we disassociate it from real life. We read it, it is God's holy word, and it doesn't penetrate, because it just bounces off our brain. But do you see this guy? Another came saying, Master, here is your mina, which I kept. Put away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you. If I do anything with this and lose it, I like my head. I really don't want to lose it. uh... He didn't believe in the goodness of his master, did he? He believed in the vengeance of his master. He believed in the horrificness of his master, whether that was true or not. He believed that his master was harsh and cruel. And that if he wasn't able to produce something, he would bear the consequences. So he said, I at least kept it safe for you. It's not why I gave it to you, you putts. Well, he didn't say putts. He was a little stronger than that. That's not why I gave it to you. I didn't give it to you to hold on to it. Is that what I said? Let me check. Hmm. So he called ten of his slaves and gave them ten minas and said to them, Hold on to this till I come back. Is that what it says? No. Do business with it. Until I come back. That's what I said. Use it. Do business with it. You did nothing. You did nothing. The very least you could have done was put it on deposit with the bankers. Then at least I would have gotten some interest. This guy was terrified of his master. I was afraid of you, verse 21, because you are an exacting man. You take up what you did not lay down. You reap what you do not sow. This was a very shrewd businessman. This was a very shrewd leader. And he accumulated for himself. And so he looks at this slave and he says, well, you know what? You said it. So I am going to take your words and make them your judge. By your own words, I will judge you, you worthless slave. This is verse 22. Did you know that I am an exacting man? Did you know that taking up what I did not lay down and that that I reap what I did not sow? If you knew that, then why didn't you at least put it in the bank? Why did you not put my money in the bank and having come, I would have collected it with interest? Then he said to the bystanders, take the mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten. What you had, you just lost. Do you notice that the master seemingly didn't take away any of the money the other men had made? He gave them one mina, and they kept that, and they made more with it, and they still had that money. Because we see here this Man says, take the mina away from this one and give it to the one who has ten. Not who made ten, but who has ten. He's still holding on to that money to allow it to continue to grow and to multiply as he rules these ten cities. But here was this man who was terrified of his master, frozen into immobility. And he says, uh, And the master says, gone. Give it to the one who has 10. Are you kidding me? Notice the people around him. He's got 10 already. Come on. How is that fair? Ooh. Fair is a dangerous word for us as Christians. (laughs) Yeah, I'll go there. (laughs) Do you ever notice that God doesn't promise to be fair? He promises to be just, not fair. Fair is something totally different. And sometimes justice isn't fair. And what God decides is right is what is right because God is God. We lose sight of that. We sang about he is, he is. Do you you understand where that phrase he is comes from? He is our helper. He is our savior. He is. He is. Well, of course he is, because he is the I am. And we have the I am here saying, give it to the one who has ten. Because that's my decision. And because it's my decision, it's right. God is. God, folks, and you and I are not. My son reminded me of that once for Christmas. He gave me a plaque. Let God be God. Thank you, Ryan. I hear your point. All right. Dad, let God be God. You're not. Yeah, you're right. I'm not. Thank you. The kingdom is, it is now, and it is eternal. But there is a coming. Jesus Christ is coming back. We see that in the following verses after what we read in chapter 17. If we finish off reading the chapter, we see that this is the amazing passage where two women are working in the field and... One is gone. Two people in the bed and... One is gone. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be when the coming happens. They were eating and drinking and being married and having a good time. And the coming is coming. Jesus will come back. Maybe today. Do you ever stop and think that if you tell yourself, you know what? I might meet Jesus today. That one of these days you'll be right. I promise you, one of these days, you will be right, whether it's because Jesus comes back or whether it's because he says, okay, you're done with that body, so come on home. One of these days, you will meet Jesus face to face. I promise you. The real question is which one of these three people, which one of these three kinds of people are you? See, what we do here and now in the kingdom matters. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's not something in the future. That's right now. What are my priorities today? What is my life today? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and God will take care of the details for you. God will look out for you. By the way, that's in Matthew 6. There's three kinds of people that Jesus shows us. Three kinds of responses to his return. First off, we have the servants who received something from their master and said, I have used the talents and abilities while you've been gone. I have done what I could with what you gave me. And here is the result. Big or little doesn't matter. Faithful stewardship. There's a word we don't have anymore. <laughs> I mean, we, we think stewardship is what happens when we put money in the plate. It's when we give finances. Stewardship is using what has been entrusted to us. It comes from the old word to be a steward, right? The steward of the household was put in charge of the household and he managed it. Our stewardship is how we manage what God has given to us. If you're sitting here as a Christian today, you have a spiritual gift. End of story. Sorry, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. You do. You may not know what it is. That's beside the point. (laughs) But you've got one. See, the real question is, what are we doing with it? Because it matters. Not the results, but the faithful stewardship matters. Same response for the guy who made 10 and the guy who made 5. You did what I asked you to do. You used your talents and abilities with what I gave you. Good job. Well done. Or are we going to be like the one who is terrified of his master? Who is afraid of God and says, I don't want to make him angry. I don't want... and, And we're paralyzed with fear because we have this warped perspective of who our master really is. And we sit on it and do nothing. That's not going to make Jesus smile when he comes back. We have a third group of people that we usually jump right over. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to reign over us. I do not want to submit to the authority of Jesus. That's what these people are saying in the light of this parable. I do not want to submit to that authority. Jesus finishes the parable by saying this, but these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, too bad. Bring them to me and slay them in my presence. What we do now matters. The choices we make today have ramifications for all eternity. Folks, the kingdom is now. (laughs) We live in it. We can revel in it. We can glory in it. Because it is an amazing kingdom. Of God with you and in you and through you. The great I am. Touching every part of your life. And working through every facet of your person. What he does for you, not what you can do for him. (laughs) What he does through you, and then shares the credit with you. (laughs) That's cool. But folks, if you choose to ignore his authority, or to resist his authority, or to, to turn your back, those are also decisions that will have ramifications for all eternity hell is real and we have the choice today will we accept that authority of Jesus and take what he's given us and experience that amazing well done when the coming happens will we get a frustrated disappointed shake of the head and say, all right, what he had, take it away, because we didn't do, we didn't use, or will we be one of those ones who maybe outwardly looked good, we looked good, yeah, we came to church, we did whatever, but inside, mm-mm. I'm living, <laughs> I did it my way, yeah, you know where my way gets you, folks, what we do today matters. It really does. Remember, God is a God who came and died for you to pay the price so that we can live in that amazing kingdom right now, today. Why would we want to do anything else? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, please I ask that as as we leave from here and as we ponder your words that you would continue to speak into our hearts and that you would Lord I ask that you would encourage those who are doing their best and it's just a hard time we're tired and we're weary but we're trying Lord I ask that you would put your arms around their shoulders in ways that they can feel and understand and know your love and your encouragement Father, for those who are squandering what you've given to them, I ask that you would speak to them in ways that they can know and understand and you would encourage them in whatever ways necessary to realize that what they do here matters for you. And Father, if there are those here who are blatantly resistant to your call on their lives, Father, I ask that you would do what is necessary to break through to their hearts on this earth before it's too late. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you're doing. For your glory and in your holy name I ask. Amen.